In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Welcome to the Call by God podcast with Rotten Sanat, Adney Godin, and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Welcome to the Call by God podcast, and I'm your host, Roxanne Sanat, and my other host, Nixon Sylvain, or Sivani. And today, folks, we have a phenomenal uh, individual, part two, uh, one yes. uh, woman of God who's actually has did everything in her power to bring you nothing but the truth of her historical story from a place of sincerity and wanting to reach you where you are so you'll be able to hear the glory of God. Of course, nevertheless, we're going to get right into it. Sister Adney, welcome back on the show. Thank you for having me, brothers. Absolutely. Hey, how you doing, Sister Adney? I am blessed. I am truly, truly blessed. blessed. I am. I really, truly am. Um, amen. Amen. You said a mouthful in the last episode. Yes, you did. Like it was, it was a lot of substance. Mm. So yeah, without further, we're just going to just go ahead and dive right into it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Sister Adney, you know, we, we spoke about on our last segment about you are now in a relationship that is completely toxic. Mm. Uh, the second. Uh, child father mm-hmm. who has betrayed you on a whole nother level and you are going to go ahead and give us the uh, more insight about how you've been broken and now you decide to look up instead of looking at man. Amen. Um, fortunately, I didn't have a ch- child with him yet. <clears throat> By the time I um, started searching for God, um, I bust the windows out of his car. I remember I shared that last time. <laughs> time I bust the windows um and and one thing God had to reveal to me is it wasn't you because when I bust his windows I remember my co-worker yelling Adney no but I don't remember anything after that 
and when I came to the front windows, back windows, side windows were busted. I, uh, if I had a knife, all four tires would have been popped. And like, I, I really went ghetto girl <laughs> on his car. And, okay. um, but when I did that and I came to, I remember tasting blood in my mouth and I said, God, there is no way I can ever get to the point where I, I want someone's blood on my hand that I taste their blood in my mouth. I did not understand what that meant. That was past anger. That was wrath. And I didn't, and I didn't like that feeling. So as I started asking these questions, now I'm searching for God because, you know, um, I don't know who he is. I I know he existed, but I don't know who he is. So TBN became my best friend. I would watch um, Joyce Mayer. I would watch Creflo Dollar, TD Jakes. I would send money to TBN, got my prayer cloth, my anointing oils. I got books and look tbn made some good money off of me let me just put it that way all of us (laughs) (laughs) i speak for myself um, as well same here and my sister um her 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 daughter's dad her the her firstborn's dad said your sister is searching for something and and i want to invite you to come to um bible study with me well i'm searching so why not so I walk into the doors of this Church of Christ, and when I walk in, there was this peace in my spirit. And I looked at my sister, and I said, I'm home. And she looked at me, and she said, what? I said, I'm home. Um, went into the sanctuary. Um, the minister was teaching us. And then so here goes that, okay, I ain't watching TBN no more because I think I found what I was looking for. And the most amazing part about that is I think I went to two Bible studies and one Sunday service, and I said, okay, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to surrender to God because he knew I started searching for him after that. But, of course, I did not completely surrender to God because I wanted to hold on to that baby daddy. <laughs> I wanted to hold on to him because I could change him. I could bring him to the Lord. He's going to be my husband. Mind you, this man cheated on me. Speak but on it. that was my husband. So right. you couldn't tell me otherwise. So I held on to, to him. And in 2005, I strayed from the church, um, got pregnant with my son, um, had him in 2007. Now, the most amazing story about having my son is his daddy cheated on me again. And this time he married the woman that he cheated on me with. God is so amazing in that story. And I say this because a lot of women don't know what God is doing for them. Because sometimes we hold on to men that God want us to open our hands and let go. I was pregnant with his son. I went to his house. I wasn't feeling well. He wouldn't even let me in the house. And God is like trying to, and I'm, I'm, I straight from the church. So here it is. I'm a Christian, but I'm not a Christian because I'm not going to church. I'm not going to Bible study. I'm not reading the word, but God is still opening my eyes to see. He wouldn't even let me in the house. I'm like eight, eight, nine months pregnant with his child catching the bus. He wouldn't even pick me up. And God still had to show me, see, you want to hold on to something that I told you to release a long time ago. So I put a lot of blockage on God's blessings because I wanted to stay in, in, my, in my own understanding and not his. So when I had my son, God called me and he said, it's time for you to go back home. And I knew he called me to go back home because when I walked in the building, there was a sister that was ready to, you know, she was about to get the business. Because when she saw the baby on my hip, she said, whose child is this? I said, it's mine. And she made this face. And I looked at her and my sister, she grabbed me. She said, no, 
I got this. Go ahead and, and go outside. So so here you are experiencing mm-hmm. some difficulties in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. God is bringing you back to the remembrance of coming back to him because you are now yeah. in a backslid state. Yeah. And you come back into the to the church, which should be open arms. Um, mm-hmm. And you were looked upon as a sinner, mm-hmm. as a woman having a kid out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that, you know, express how did that make you feel? Oh, she was about to get cussed out. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much. I'm being like, I'm being so honest. No, like, pretty much. Let's, let's you know, this is called by was, God. We have to be transparent. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, yeah. Go. I want her to explain. Yeah. Like I looked at her, and my sister knows me. Right. So she, my sister knows the carnal, quick at the mouth, no holds barred. My tongue is sharper than a two-edged sword, Adney. So she had to. She looked at me, and I knew that was nothing but God. Because when she looked at me, there was a calm in my spirit. She said, go ahead. I got this. And I stepped outside, and my sister spoke to her. But I was fuming. But it's just like God is just like saying, just calm down. This is going to work out really great. So once I walk back into the sanctuary, the minister, he looks at me. He goes, you. I'm like, me? He's like, yeah, you. After church, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what did I do now? I just came back. What do you need to talk to me for? I just came back. So he says, I want you to be the secretary of our um, evangelism class, which is the class where you go into when you're a new convert. And I'm like, I just came back, and this man is telling me he wants me to be the secretary of the new converts class. Like, I ain't even been back a good two months. And I, and I get into the role. So I'm learning the names of everybody, creating the role sheet. And it's like God knew. I'm, I'm very organized where it comes to secretarial, secretarial stuff. So I took that job seriously. So um, God knew that. And then the next thing opened um, for me, and that was working in the, the food ministry and, and going to visit the sick. So God is showing me, even though you left, You left work that needed to be done, and I'm going to use you in this capacity, and you're going to love it. And the ministry I fell in love with was visiting the sick, because I'm not the greatest singer, but I love using my voice to make people feel better, to just minister to them. So when I started visiting the sick, when I started working in the church, I understood that my calling was deeper than just me and this person that broke my heart, because... When he broke my heart, I was ready to die. Why? Because when I became a Christian, I didn't establish any relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ. I didn't fellowship. It was just I came to worship service and I left. I came Adney, to I worship. wanted to ask yeah. you that, um, if, if I may. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you no, off because no, no, I know that's a very important moment in every Christian, everybody, person that's in the body of Christ, you know, when they get baptized. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that um, before you had your son, you went back to the church. Obviously, you was watching TBN and all that stuff. And when you mm-hmm. got into a church, um, you know, and, and I didn't hear the part of when you finally surrendered and got baptized. And I wanted to know, so how was your experiences like? I know you said you did leave, end up leaving the church. Mm-hmm. But I know that when people come into the body of Christ, they all often think that it's, it's going to be good. You know, they mm, may be going through something mercy. and they get in, they get baptized. You know, so it's like kind of like playing with God. Like, okay, I'm going to hear the gospel, I'm going to get back, so everything's going to work out fine. So here you are, you're seeking God, you're, you're watching TBN, and you get into the church. I want you to explain your transition period, 
because that transition really come in the water. That's when God give you the gift. Yeah. So could you explain that experience to our listeners? Oh, um, oh, that one was deep for me. I, I can honestly remember everything I wore that Sunday. I wore a gray pinstripe suit to worship service that day. And I remember looking at my sister and I said, I'm going to get baptized today. She said, what? I said, I'm ready. My soul, like there was something in my heart that was longing to just connect with God. And I felt like him just, it's just that calling. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but there was just, there's a hunger and then the food is there and it's red in like that, you know, that part of me that's ready to eat and just connect and be fed was, it was just so strong. And I remember when the minister did the, the call, the, the altar call, I got up, I walked down just proud. Like that was that day for me that I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes, not to the world, but I'm saying yes to God. I'm saying yes to Christ. So I made sure I dressed for the occasion. So like I said, pinstripe suit, hair, done everything because I knew that day me and God was going to connect. So when I you know, did the confession and got baptized, everything, it was, it was just, there was just this peace in my spirit that I was home. Like I said before, I, 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 I was home. There was no, I didn't need to search for any other church. I didn't need to search for any other fellowship because I knew where I was exactly was where God needed me to be. Yeah. So did you feel like, um, you know, your, your attacks or your issues in life got, it have, you know, see, they got, got worse. They got, get, I, I want you to, I, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to get other listeners to hear how, how, you know, what oftentimes happens. Okay. So I, I, I did not break up with my son's father and I didn't have the child for him yet. So in my mind, I'm a Christian now. So um, clank, clank. We not doing none of this, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God now. So we ain't going to do none of this. We went on a trip to New York and he was, nope, you ain't getting none of this. Like, like, I think, especially for like women, we have to remember there's a part of us that gets so connected to God that we don't want to disappoint him. So that fire in me was, I wanted to be pure. And I did not want to allow anyone to defile me because that's that first part of becoming a Christian because you're not going to defile this. But then Satan says, oh, no, okay, I'm going to do this. So my family and I started having issues. And who was there for me? My son's father. So in my moment of despair of, you know, falling out with my siblings and all this other stuff happening, he was there. So then there was that thing in your mind that says, well, he's there for you. So you might as well just, you know, go ahead and give it up because he ain't going nowhere. But not realizing that God told me a long time ago, the day I got baptized, I needed to release him. But Satan said, no, you're going to hold on to him. Because he he played a huge part in my Christian journey. And I say that because when I got pregnant with Devon, after having Devon, I went to a place of um, just in my mind of, of solitude from everyone because I wanted to be with him. And my family saw something I couldn't see. God knew I wasn't supposed to be with him, but I couldn't see it because that battle was already raging in here. He's a good man. He's everything I looked for in a man. And 
that's what I'm saying to myself, right? So when I get when I get pregnant, have the our son, there's another woman that comes in the picture. I start getting phone calls, getting cussed out by a woman for a man that I'm engaged to. Like we were engaged to be married. And this this woman is calling me out, calling me all sorts of names. And I'm like, I'm too classy for this. I don't do, you know, the calling of females and cussing them out. That's that's not what Adney does. I'm classy. Okay. So I call him, I say, yo, um, why am I getting this phone call? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. And I'm like, okay. Then she calls me again. And when she calls me again, I'm a person that remembers voices. And so this is where I'm going to show you how God delivered me um, from him. She called me and she says, you know, such and such and I were supposed to be married in August. So God had to take me on a journey because I remember in August, his dad saying to me, you know, this month I won't be able to give you any money because I'm trying to do some things for him. And God exposed him. And when God exposed him, it was, wow, you guys were supposed to be married. When? So she said, when I get home, can I call him? Because she called me to confirm about him cheating on her as well with another woman. So I had to... I wasn't, I wasn't converted. There's a difference of becoming a Christian, and there's a difference of being converted. So she asked me a question, and I had to tell her in my nice self. And I said, um, oh, no, he came to my house on Tuesday. He wasn't here on Wednesday. He fixed me breakfast, and we did, you know, what grown people do. And she was like, can I call you when I get home? So when she gets home, she calls me and says, hey, such and such told me you went to her house on Tuesday. And he's like, oh, she's lying. I'm, and of course, again, I'm not converted. I said, so you don't remember fixing me pork chops and pancakes and everything for breakfast? You don't remember us, you know, doing grown people stuff? And he's like, man, don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. And that was God saying, you spent all this time with this person. You spent all this time with, you know, nourishing this relationship that you abandoned our relationship. And I went into a place of depression because I don't like to be made a fool of. So in that place of depression, I was prepared to commit suicide because I couldn't handle the pain of him hurting me in that way. And God used a woman who was not a member of the church to come to me while I was sitting at a lake, ready to drive my car into that lake. And she just drove up in her, her bonnet and her pajamas. And she says, do you not know how amazing you are? I'm not even a Christian, but I see what God is doing with you. And Satan wants to destroy that. This man was not good for you. You knew he wasn't good for you, but you held on. And when she said that, all I felt was the Holy Spirit saying to me, exactly. He was never for you. You held on to him. I told you to release him a long time ago, and you chose not to. And that's when my journey to really get into the word happened, to really study, going to Bible class, going to that evangelism class every Sunday morning and soaking up everything that was being taught to me and going deeper into the word and then working in the body of Christ and ministering to other people and sharing the word of God with my coworkers and transforming into who God wanted me to be. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. 
we want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Wow, wow, wow. Extremely powerful, Um, especially having to hear it for yourself, having the uh, young lady call you and then the gentleman speak on her behalf and say things like, she's lying. This is not true. And it sounds like the accuser, the enemy. Um, What he does is he will come into our lives and at some point in time, you know, he, he would take us for granted, you know, uh, lie to us and plant a seed of doubt and fear and, and, um, mistrust. And so what you did was you went back to the creator, which was God's divine plan to have you in the kingdom. And immediately you came back, you stated that you went right to work in evangelism class, going to the hospitals, going to, uh, singing with the saints and fellowshipping and, and, and getting all the information together for the new converts. Um, and you can see that, there is purpose there. Yeah. In the midst of adversity, in the midst of having a baby, in the midst of this guy turning his back on you while you're priorly engaged with him. Yeah. And indulging in, in another marital situation where he's planning to get married. So you being betrayed all over. Uh, you know, once again, prior in our last segment, you talked about uh, your, your family leaving you behind, coming into mm-hmm. the States, so living with other people who is mistreating you. Now you fast forward. You are in the kingdom and and on fire for God. How was that to do that? I mean, how were you able to, we know that the power of the Holy Spirit, but it does take some uh, commitment, you know? How were you able to deal with, dealing with so much adversity, betrayal, suicidal, and still make a decision to say, you know what, I'm gonna go all out for the Savior? Um, I'm going to fast forward you all to 2014 when I um, became a member of our our current congregation where we're at. I lost my job January of 2000, January 9th, 2014, I received a letter saying I was no longer employed with the um, government. Best job I ever had. But even though I was on a verge and getting myself together as a Christian, I still wasn't doing certain things. And the enemy saw, the enemy pays attention to us, right? He knows when we're really truly all in for the Lord and he knows when we're straddling the fence. And I sat on that fence for some time. (laughs) Um, So when I lost my job, I went into a state of depression again because, hey, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do on the job. I give these people, you know, more than 150 percent of myself. And God had to show me you're giving them 150 percent of yourself. What about me? So he had to take that job from me. Um, Then I was dating this guy, amazing cop. And then he just said to me, it's not working for me because you're moving too fast. And I'm like, wait a minute. I, I ain't even certain things you were sharing with me. I never opened my mouth to share those things with you. You're the one that's moving fast. 
didn't pay attention to Satan moving. And then I had an amazing woman in my life. And I call her an amazing woman in my life because I trusted her with everything. And she said to me, she said, Adney, you know, I'm going to go to Haiti for you because um, all of this bad stuff happening at the same time, it shouldn't be happening. So, you know, I'm going to go to Haiti and I'm going to go see what's going on. And I'm saying to her, I'm like, man, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in that stuff. She said, I'm telling you, I'm going to go to... Like, I lost my rent check. I sent the rent check to get paid. It got lost in the mail. Um, This man broke up with me. I lost my job. Um, My daughter is moving away. I don't know what I'm going to do with my son. I'm getting evicted. Like, all this thing happening all at once. And she said, "Mm -mm, nope, something is wrong. There's something in the spiritual realm. I'm not thinking godly spiritual realm. I'm thinking Satan's spiritual realm. So she goes to Haiti. And she comes back. She said, girl, let me tell you, it's your, it's your, it's your son's, I mean, your daughter's father, you know, because he's Haitian. Girl, they told me he hates you. So he started to make sure, you know, he started to do voodoo so that everything that you do won't ever prosper. What? Here's the best thing about God. I knew this man's been doing voodoo for me since I had my daughter because whenever I would sleep, I would always see a demonic force chasing me in my dream. And whenever it chased me, I would always like fly up and God would catch me in his bosom. So I'm all, I always knew that he was doing voodoo for me. I always knew that. That was something that, that's why I put him on child support because he was always trying to give me money. Like when he would go to Haiti and try and give me money that he did whatever he did to. And I remember dreaming and, and the spirit said to me, this man is going to give you money. Don't accept it. Can we I called conc- my sister. Can we yeah. briefly conclude, Adney, that... Uh, yeah. Um, it's not the guy per se because we don't battle flesh and blood. It's the, no, we don't know, battle flesh and blood. It's it was, the it was, enemy it was, using it him as an instrument. Yeah. All right, we yeah. want to make sure our, our, our no, viewers no, understand. I, yeah, of course. Um, so when I had that dream, I called my sister. I said, I need you to re- re- go to him and get this money from him. And he wouldn't give her the money. And I told my sister, I said, you know what? Tell him to keep it. I'm good. But I wasn't a Christian at that time, though. So this is the most important part that I want people to understand. When God is calling you, he, re- he, he will reveal himself to you in a way that mm, no one can even explain it to you but him, especially in his word. So when I, I had that dream and I knew he was doing this, like in the sense of this enemy trying to get him to pull me, um, I said, no, don't worry about it. I put him on child support. And fast forward to 2014. When, this, when she comes to me and tells me this, I say, okay, what do I have to do? So being a member of the body of Christ, getting involved in voodooism. So here's the, here's the kicker. I got involved, took showers with all this stuff, and then the check, the check was delivered. What? So Satan got in here and said, you see, the money was released because you did what, you know, that voodoo stuff. So what's the next step? So she comes to me and she says, you need to go to Haiti. And when you go to Haiti, you're going to have to go to, you know, to, um, in Creole, it's called Bitacion, which is the, the place where your family, your family resides. That's where your mother is born and, and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm not, like, my, my spirit is conflicted because here it is, Satan is saying, you need to do this. And then my spirit is saying, that's not you. That has never been you. You never got into this stuff. You serve me. So how are you going to be okay with her talking to you about voodooism? I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. I went to Haiti, and God allowed me to spend $20,000. 
walking to all these different voodoo places and baths and getting a dress made, getting a ring made, getting the candles and all this other stuff. God said, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you spend all that money. Mind you, I lost my job. So my pension check, because they send me a pension check. I got my pension check. I got unemployment. I got um, income tax. All of that totaled to a grand of about 20000 So in 2014, God allowed me to lose everything. And nothing that I did in Haiti worked. November 30th, 2014, I was sleeping. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, so you're going to continue doing what you're doing? Or are you going to let me fight for you? I'm not paying attention. So I'm like, okay, I look around and I'm saying to myself, I know I didn't just hear that. So I went back to sleep, but it wasn't a sleep. It was more of a a meditative state where I'm not thinking about anything and my body is just laying there and I'm just, it's just, there was a meditative state and I did not realize I went into a meditative state, right? And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, are you going to continue doing what you're doing or are you going to let me fight for you? The best part about that is I'm going to church every Sunday. When I leave worship service, I'm walking to the voodoo store buying candles because I'm straddling the fence, right? So I'm buying my candles. I'm going to church every Sunday, lighting the candles in the house, leaving the house. Could have burned these people's house down. And the Holy Spirit says, are you not tired? Are you not tired that everything you did, nothing worked? And that's when I knew I went, I got up, I shot up, went into the closet, packed everything up. And I said to my uncle, I said, this is not my life. I said, what God called me to do has nothing to do with voodooism, has nothing to do with me tapping into the demonic realm. God wants me to stay pure. This is not my life. And Satan came for me when I did that. And when I tell you he came, he came. But I'm growing stronger because now I'm at the feet of a a transparent, honest minister. And I, I knew God wanted me to be at his feet because when I met his wife at a ladies' day, the spirit revealed to me that she was going to be my first lady. And I'm like, I don't even know this lady. I don't know what you're talking about. In all honesty, 2014, when I joined Hope Church of Christ, the Holy Spirit really revealed to me, remember when I said to you that she was going to be your first lady? Look, look who's... And I walk in that door, and the first face I see is Sister Daniels. And I'm like, wow, mercy. And I start, again, trying to get myself together, letting go of the voodooism, letting go of demonic forces, and really, truly surrendering to God. And surrendering to God meant getting off of that fence. I read a book back a, a while back, um, and, it, and in that book it says, Jesus is calling and Satan is calling, but I'm sitting on the fence and Satan says, it's okay. The fence belongs to me. Not realizing when I, while I was sitting on the fence, I never belonged to Jesus. I was belonging to Satan. And that's why he kept coming for me because he knew that until I really truly gave up that fence, I would never do the things that God really wanted me to do and accomplish. You, you know what I like about your, your story, and, and I thank you so much for your transparency, because oftentimes people think, and, and you know, I evangelize all the time, and, and also Rod, um, mm-hmm. 
And oftentimes people say, you know, I got to wait till I become 100 mm. to get my life to, to God. So for me to hear you to say that you went through Buddhism before Christ, this was before you was even saved. And not only that, you got saved and you were baptized into the Lord's church. And you were still indulging in those kind of practices. Mm-hmm. It had to t- take a series of life events and uh, a God conviction, God word, the Holy Spirit, the, pow- the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in order to break you out of that bondage. So that, that's what I like about your story because people think, okay, um, let me get my life together. Let me become 100%, you know, before I could get things right with, with God. You know, so for you to go through what you went through and for you to, you know, transition to the person you are today, I could just see the glory of God. So what you're really telling the world is like, hey, you know, yeah, I, I, I wasn't converted. You use that term. You wasn't converted, mm-hmm. though you was in the body of Christ, but you were not mentally, physically spiritually, emotionally converted. That's correct. So, so I want to ask you, if you could undo one moment in your life, what would it be? If I could do, undo one moment in my life, is, um, it would be the um, listening to, to my sisters, um, not my sister, because the lady I told you all about, and going to Haiti and practicing voodooism. Um, I would undo that because I... I did not allow God to shine in my life the way that he needed to. And because I was believing in the demonic forces, I dimmed his value in my life. So I would definitely undo that. Yeah, which is uh, historically uh, been, you know, documented in our, in our history, which we consider to be the Bible, which is the true mm. word of God as well. Mm. You would find that uh, Solomon, who mm. have come from a very, you know, powerful family lineage uh mm-hmm. his dad being jesse who was dysfunctional david extremely mm-hmm. dysfunctional but he's a man after god's own heart mm-hmm. where solomon was warned multiple times not to go and chase these uh other women mm-hmm. because they're going to turn his heart into uh worshiping false gods mm-hmm. and though solomon have done so god was always sovereign amen very much so and this mm-hmm. is a man who have tremendously uh according to the scriptures the most uh, prominent wisdom on mankind. So we're talking about a man who was filled with knowledge and insight and still was able to have his heart turned away from God. So even with you, you know, um, God finding you where you are in an island of Haiti where we were, our parents is from, our ancestors has dwelled highly in spiritual activity and ritualistic behavior, uh, you know, worshiping vice idolism gods. And still, God was still able to say, hey, are you going to continue? It's true. God is a gentleman, ladies and gentlemen. He's not going to beat you across the head. He's not going to force himself on you. But he just posed a simple question. Are you going to continue? (laughs) How loving. How loving is that? Amen. Amen. You know, powerful. Brother Nick, I think you're muted. Yeah, he's muted. (laughs) He's you good. see, so, yeah, she going to put me out there and say I'm muted. But it's all good. It's all <laughs> See, see, this is when it, it gets good. You just muted. You just sit back and relax and just, you know. I this coffee no shop conversation. Yeah, coffee shop, right? Yeah. Man, so, Annie, you you know, I, I don't think we need to go any further because it's very hard to condense one's yes. life in just 30 to 45 30 minutes. minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just the information you shared, I, again, I was just sitting back just like, wow. I mean, yes. I don't know if you see my, my facial expression. Full. Whole I was full. like, wow, wow. 
So I want you to share in, in closing, you know, I, I want to share, and I always tell um, all the, I always share this with all the guests. I always pose one question to them. Mm-hmm. And I just want them to give me their honest opinion because we know that Jesus Christ came and he died for our sins mm-hmm. on Calvary. And everybody serves a purpose, you know, mm-hmm. where we all have a calling. And, you know, some of the greats that went before us that, that did some powerful things here on earth. You know, we got the Martin Luther Kings, you know, that, that died. And, and we they there's a holiday. Um, there's streets that's lifted, listed after his name. Mm-hmm. So for you, in terms of your ministry, when you die, mm-hmm. what do you want to be remembered for? In all honesty, I want to be remembered for the woman who gave God her all. Mm. Um, didn't compromise the hurt, didn't compromise the pain, just to make sure that people in this world know that life is going to hurt you, but it won't break you because you're chosen by God to live a life for him. And once you realize that call and knowing that God chose me to live a life of being molested, he gave me the strength to handle it. God chose me to lose my mother. I'm grateful for that because I know if my mother was still here, I probably would not be on this call with you all right now. And God chose me to go through all of this stuff so I can help other women especially know we're chosen. We are chosen for something great. And to always knock on heaven's door and let him know, here am I, send me. Powerful, powerful. Thank you so much for sharing, Adney. So I want you to share with the world, what can they reach you? Okay, so I am on um, Facebook as Adney Godin. (laughs) 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 On on, um, Instagram, it's, um, I have two two Instagram pages, but the one that I want to share is the um, Adney.Godin. It's going to be my Emerging Phoenix, um, my Emerging Phoenix um, Instagram. And coming soon, I will be um, launching my, my ministry, The Emerging Phoenix. Of course, it's about, you know, getting burned, but not, not um, coming out. Like getting in the fire, but coming out unscathed. That's basically what the ministry is going to be about. All right, world, there you have it. Thank you again, Adney, for joining the Call by God podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember... If you want to support what we do, then subscribe, share, and leave a review on iTunes. And that's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode. Be blessed. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day by believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized. You will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. 
don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.